Hey all you rad dads out there. What's up everyone, Brett here, welcoming you to another episode of the Rad Dads Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? As always, I want to start by saying thank you for listening, whether it's your first time or hundredth time joining us. Make sure to connect with us on social media or by email and share your thoughts. We love hearing feedback, good, bad, or ugly. Well, hopefully not the last two. On this episode, Christian sits down with Daryl James, probably best known for being the bass player of Canadian rockers, the Strumbellas. But lately, Daryl's been focused on his solo side project, Close Kicks. He just released his sophomore EP, Colors. And after you listen to this episode, you need to go check it out. Daryl's a dad to three children, Sophia, Ivy, and Dax. And he and Christian chat about teaching your kids to follow their heart and their passions by modeling that. They chat about the importance of building community and also the importance of introducing your kids to everything. And they discuss how parenting is challenging and hard work, but ultimately so rewarding. And they bond over a shared experience of recent sobriety and the positive role that's played in both of their lives. Daryl shared how Close Kicks is really a project centered around collaboration and connection with the community. And that really resonated with us because that's really what Rad Dads is all about too. And Daryl told Christian about the encouragement he received from his mom around his solo project and how powerful it was for him to be able to share the finished product with her before her recent passing. This is a great interview. I know you're going to love it. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Here's Daryl James of the Strombellas and Close Kicks on the Rad Dad Show. Welcome to the Rad Dad Show. Who are you? My name is Daryl James. Um, I am a bass player and songwriter in the Strumbellas. Um, strangely enough, that was the first band I ever played in. Joined at 30 years old, never played bass. So uh, I've had a, a illustrious first band uh, career to date. <laughs> Made fun of in the band for with many of the other members, particularly our drummer, Jer, who's like very upset that he was in, you know, 150 bands <laughs> and got to the Strumbellas and I was band one. So, um, yeah, so I'm a bit of a late bloomer in music and uh, always loved music, but didn't really play, you know, any instruments until I was maybe 20. Uh, picked up guitar and then and obviously 30 I started playing bass in the strumbellas and then started close kicks this is sort of my side project um probably about six or seven years ago I just started writing songs and on my own and and then started going to like LA and Nashville and um sort of connecting with other writers and learning you know better techniques for writing and producing and mixing and um and then just sort of stuck with it it really sort of picked up close kicks during the pandemic because I had some time I was off the road with the with the Strumbellas and and uh, and started releasing music and um uh, and now I'm sort of you know you know in amongst playing shows with the band and writing records with the band I'm finding time to you know do this do this on the side as well that's awesome and you're a dad Yes, and I'm a dad. I have three children. Um, I have a 12-year-old daughter, Sophia. I have a nine-year-old daughter, Ivy, and a three-year-old son named Dax. Cool. I have two kids. I have uh, an 11-year-old and uh, recently a new addition, a six-month-old. So, so oh, uh, yeah, nice. definitely can relate. I can also relate a little bit, too, to the late bloomer, kind of in, in terms of the music I already mentioned, you know, being in you know, the punk cover band that I started and being I'm 45 and it's something I've always wanted to do a lot of my friends are musicians and I uh, I'm the lead singer but only because I, I have no talent whatsoever in terms of, of music music you know instrument playing instruments so I okay. appreciate I have so many questions about that we could talk more about like that kind of journey a little bit later but let's get into the kind of the, the dad stuff do you consider yourself a rad dad I, I would think so. Yeah. Like I, um, you know, really try to, you know, not put a lot of pressure on my kids to like follow music or, or, you know, uh, or, or sort of go in any direction, but I really like to introduce my kids to just kind of everything. Like I remember when I was young, um, you know, just like 
having an understanding and an appreciation for whether it be the arts or sports or friendships or community or giving back, like all of these like introductions, I try to, I try to like present them. And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, they also kind of get to see me, you know, many times could they come to festivals with me and get to see me, you know, play shows in front of lots of people. And, you know, I think that's like a rad com component, but overall, as far as a parent, I, you know, just really strive to, you know, present of, as much of the world to them as I can so that they're, you know, really experiencing more than just one small pocket of what there is to offer. Um, you know, we've traveled a lot with the kids as well. And uh, yeah, I just think, um, so I guess, yeah, I would classify myself as a rad dad. Awesome. I love it. There's, there's always kind of different ways that people approach the answer to this question. Some are like, I'm not sure you got to ask my kids or there's others <laughs> that kind of like claim it. And, and that's kind of the idea, I guess, maybe the a bit of the impetus behind Rad Dads is to like, be proud of, of being dead. And I'm trying to also kind of dispel that whole narrative of, you know, the bumbling dad who's can't do very much without people helping him, you know, the ones that are perpetuated in society, maybe a little bit on sitcoms and things like that. So that's awesome. Like, is this something that you, are you very like cognizant about, okay, I'm going to take my kids to the museum because there's this cool art exhibit, or is it more kind of because you have all of these seemingly have all of these passions and then you kind of almost take them along for the ride, but you're also cognizant of that as well i think it's a bit of both you know um i, I just I, I do really take pride in what you said earlier like being able to do a lot of things like i cook pretty actively i try to cook with my kids um you know i'm you know i think my wife and i really have a, a mindset that we're e you know we're equal and we both do equal tasks with the kids and try to do you know um show the kids that you know there really is you know we're not being defined by the gender just because I'm a dad, I have to do certain things, you know, versus, you know, the mom, like we really take part in, in, in those things. So, yeah, I think it's a mix as far as taking them to, to introducing them to, you know, different things that I enjoy. Um, but also you have to ha have sort of an understanding that, you know, as much as I love something, you know, kids aren't always going to be into it right away. So you have to like sort of introduce it. And if it's not for them, uh, you, you know, just kind of move on and try to find something else that they're into. And, and, you know, it always does seem to come full circle as, as my daughter's oldest daughter's gotten, um, the older, you know, at first she really wasn't into sort of like playing piano and, and music and, and now just kind of leaving her be and, and sort of slowly introducing the ukulele at some point, or, you know, I encourage her to play trombone. She's in grade seven to try band. She's kind of gotten into that. And it's sort of like now, you know, the interest is sort of turning back into, oh, maybe this is pretty fun. Maybe dad wasn't wrong with, you know, <laughs> pressuring me when I was younger or introducing me to these things when when she was younger. So, yeah, I think it's a mix of, of you know, wanting to get them involved and also, you know, showing them what I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line too, right? You don't want to be too too much of a, you know, pressure them too much but at the same time introduce them i i have that same philosophy too you know and i i love music it's part it's a large part of my life like i mentioned a lot of my friends playing bands i'd rather go to see like a you know a punk show or a rock show at the local pub for 15 bucks as opposed to a movie that sort of sort of yeah. thing and and through that you know my son has been to a lot of sh different shows and experiences and that and i've have him in music lessons so we're at that point he's going into grade seven so you know a similar age there and, and it's like hey do you want to do lessons for the next year we had to kind of plan and he's like I don't know I don't practice enough and then I was like yeah you don't practice enough but I'm not going to like force you to practice but I, you know I think it's this important skill of just learning music there's so many you know cognitive brain kind of studies that have been done that sort of thing but also the joy that I find in music now I I one of the regrets I have and I'm again not trying to pressure my kid but is not learning an instrument and, and yeah. when I was younger and I'm hoping that he kind of gets some value and so he made the choice you know like do you want to do it or not he's like yeah I'll do it but but dad you gotta you gotta remind me to practice I'm like okay I can I can do that but uh I get those sorts of things um well what are, and it really ties into like like a good music teacher a good teacher is like a really like our 
like our daughters are doing piano lessons online um and we have this phenomenal teacher and it's a game changer like as much as you as a parent want to say like hey try this out if you can find the right and like this comes down to like teaching and what i've learned as being a dad like the value of a good teacher is like you can't even put a value on it because the way that your child will connect and learn is such a beautiful thing. And, and really that's kind of where, you know, what set my daughter off recently or both of them, as far as playing piano, it's like the teacher step one is just like, she engages them. She makes it fun. You know, there's just ways in which they can create this sort of environment that music is, is really good. And then there are, you know, some great music teachers and they're great players, but they can't portray how, or how, or they can't really engage a kid in, in how to play. So that, you know, that relates to schooling and music, but I, I definitely think, you know, it's good to encourage your kid to play, but like as a parent, try to find that really inspiring teacher because yeah. they can change the world for your kid. Agree. I appreciate that too, because I am actually a school teacher myself and I've been for 20, 22 years now. And so uh, I, I I totally get that. And and the teacher that my son has had for the past three years is really great. There's a great, a great, he goes in person and it's in a place called Backbeat. Uh, and so they're, it's kind of like school of rock stuff. So what they do in the summer is they bring kids together form a band and they get them to go through the band name and process and then they get them at show at a local local place and they do that kind of nice. throughout the year as well and they, they just have a, a really family feel it's run by a, a mom mom and dad and it's just like an awesome place yeah. and he enjoys going to it for sure so i i yeah all of those things are important for sure what what are some traits you think make one a rad dad you've already kind of mentioned kind of you know showing your you know, sharing your passions and introducing them to various things. What are some other traits? Uh, well, I think patience obviously is important. Um, you know, as much as I think I'm a rad dad, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I've not been perfect. You know, I think parenting is challenging when you're trying to figure out your career and uh, your emotions and, you know, everything going on. So, you know, I think open communication is really important, being able to talk to your kids openly and just, you know, admitting maybe that you're having a tough time and maybe that's one reason that you had trouble dealing with something and, um, but also sort of being open to, you know, having them speak to you when they're, they're sort of shutting down and, 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 you know, having difficulty sort of expressing their feelings. So, um, yeah. And I think, oh man, other traits, like, you know, I think there is a, at times, you know, uh, value in, in sort of, you know, being a dad and being stern or, or, you know, keeping them in line. I think there's value in, um, you know, just, you know, you know, kids need direction and they need, you know, sometimes to be like put back in line and it's good to be there and to recognize when they get out of line. And, you know, I think, you know, that's an important trait too. And and I think that all just kind of comes with being in like a kind of an actively involved parent. You know, you're, you're asking your kids questions, you know, who their friends are, you're sort of engaged with where they're going and what they're doing. And you're giving them opportunities to sort of grow, like, you know, like our daughter is now getting on her bike more and biking to school or biking to different areas of town and having some independence. So, um, you know, I think those are all things that, you know, it's a push and pull, like, you know, you're, you're trying to let them grow, but you're also sort of trying to keep them in check because, you know, they can lose their way the odd time. So, yeah, so patience, communication, um, it's a lot of hard work. I think it's important to work hard at it. It's not like it just comes easily either. I think you're always kind of adjusting. Yeah, especially if you're 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 involved, right? Like you know, just I just think about. Well, I don't know about you, but it, you know, my son is involved in a lot of sports right now, and so it's you know, being a hockey coach as well, and being yeah. there at the hockey games at the rink and take him in the morning. And yesterday we yep. spent three hours outside him watching him play baseball and and those, yep. those sorts of things. So it's definitely not not easy. Um, yeah, and so much more is is modeling too. You, you know, like you, you kind of mentioned, if if they're having a bad day and just kind of opening up that conversation with them, if, uh, that's hard. That's, that's a struggle for me because I'm a pretty quiet, reserved sort of kind of person. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, it's taught me a lot. I guess my my oldest. 
Um, what's what do you think the most rewarding aspects of being a dad is? Um, you know, there there's obviously so many. I think you know, but having three kids, I think when you see them sort of like grow and uh, you know overcome sort of some adversity or get past something that they were struggling with is one of the you know one of my favorite things is that um you know i think for instance like you know my oldest you know the, my kids with you know the music you mentioned like you wish you'd learned it as a kid i i was one of, that wanted to learn a second language like i took french through school um but never really like got it and and I wasn't in French immersion and we put our our daughters in French immersion and you know our oldest was definitely struggling you know grade two grade three and the entire school system was like get her out like she's can't she's no no French it's not for her like push her out and my you know luckily you know my wife and I you know fought for her and we took her for you know some assessments and you know I I feel very fortunate that you know this is like a sort of weird debating issue that I was, you know, I had enough funds to help support my daughter with an IEP and get her support and do all those things where, you know, I wish our school systems just funded those things and I would pay more taxes to ensure that kids don't fall through the cracks that don't maybe have the, uh, the means like I do to do that. But, you know, we were able to get that IEP in place for her, her and she just learns a little bit differently. And she's in grade seven and flourishing in French at this point, you know, can speak it fluently, does very well. So things like that, where you like, you know, you stick up for your kid and you know that they have it in them and you, um, you know, and, you know, I think my middle daughter is doing skating. She's in figure skating now and her growth and the way that she's, you know, finding confidence and, um, you know, and, and my oldest daughter's in gymnastics. So again, there's as they age and they get into these different activities and music and sports and friendships, and they just you you know you help them through difficult times and you support them and you see them get to that next level and learn. Oh man, maybe when I work hard, it pays off, and then they get to the next level and they see, and then they just get so much better at it because they're just absorbing it all. It's like I think that's the funnest part for me. Um, is really just sort of seeing them grow every day and trying to support them and 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 teach them along the way. Yeah, I, I agree. I love that seeing that growth. And my son's really, really, really into hockey right now, and and yeah. uh, that's all kind of what he wants to do. And so it's like, oh, okay, like yeah, do you, you know, you want to support them and push them in in their passions, but at the same time, I want them to be this like well rounded individual. And so it's hard sometimes. Like, ah, oh, I really don't want to go to the hockey rink right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and you know when we talk about the that's the struggle that we had kind of the debate uh between his, his mom and i not really a debate per se but just a discussion because he's going into grade seven so going into junior high so we had to make our a decision on on what where to go because he is in a bilingual program a spanish bilingual program uh cool. and 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 so if he continues in the Spanish bilingual he has to go a certain junior high where most of his friends were going but because of his his love of hockey there's also another junior high uh that's a sports academy and that in, integrates hockey and and so it's like okay hockey or Spanish and um Spanish and his you know close friends school friends and then or hockey and his hockey friends and he he chose hockey you know we looked at all of that and yeah so, you, know, you know you talk about kind of you know um teaching your kids and having that conversation so you know it's like okay here's the pros of one here's the you know see, letting him kind of see all of these things that are, are going to influence this decision and ultimately it was it was his choice but uh yeah being an advocate too you kind of mentioned I, I appreciate that being a teacher as well is is that there's so many unfortunately people that kind of fall through the cracks and and uh yeah, <laughs> that's a different discussion. We're a different day, but yeah, that's a that's a whole world. But you get introduced to that as being a dad and a parent and an active parent, and um, yeah, just wanting the best for your kid, but also the community. I think you know I'm very community based, and um, you know I just think there's so much value in in education and investing in education, and uh, it just it has a ripple effect of good, not bad. Yeah, I I agree too, and it's being a 
a school teacher for 20 plus years, you've kind of seen right now we're having an election in Alberta. And so education is always at the forefront and you could absolutely get through those black holes in Twitter and how people, you know, really bash teachers. And it's like, Oh man, oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to do good. Uh, but there's a lot of support there too, for public education. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it could be better. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, did you have any fears about becoming a dad? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, not, not necessarily uh, like, I think the thing that I maybe realized early on and like, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I was lucky enough with my parents. Um, it's like, I just really feel like, you know, putting in the time and putting in the effort, like in many ways, uh, a lot, like you're giving more to your kid than like maybe a lot of kids in society get. So, and I know my work ethic and I know my, I'm a very passionate person. I'm very engaged. So I don't, I no, not necessarily that worried. I think like, you know, it was just something that you know, I knew I could give, there's lots of love to give and I was given lots of love and, and I was, you know, wanting to give it and it was, I was ready to give it. And, um, yeah, so no, not, not really. I think it's, um, you know, it's like also like building my little community too. These are like my, this is my little community at my home. And, um, you know, we get to build and do something special as a family. And that was just something that really excited me. And, um, and I didn't rush into kids either, I think is a big thing for me. Like I, I traveled a ton in my twenties. I traveled the world and, you know, I went, you know, I went and did everything before I had kids. Um, so I think at the time I also felt like, Hey, like, uh, you know, I'm ready for this. This is something that I now want to do. This is like an, the new journey for me. Um, so yeah, no fear really at all. It's, it's been a great experience and, um, you know, I think ultimately what I've experienced the most of being a dad is maybe the guilt, you know, of just trying to, you know, my job, I'm away a lot, right? So I do go away and, um, you know, I think you're just always sort of managing whether, you know, have you done enough or not enough? And were you too hard on them? Were you not hard on them enough? Like, it's just like, it, it's sort of like once you have children, the world of uh, feeling more guilty. I found has become much more relevant in my life and trying to sort of, you know, manage that has been probably the hardest thing overall of like, you know, try, how do I juggle my career and my needs, but also try to meet the needs of my kids and, and do that in a, in a, in a way that, you know, keeps me sane. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and that's kind of one of the things too, I guess the goals are, yeah some of the i guess goals behind rad dads is to try to prom promote to dads like you know it's okay to follow your passion and yeah. take care of yourself and do things that you love uh because i think personally it's just going to make you a better dad in general like if you're taking care of yourself and taking care of your your mental health you know mental as we know you know mental health uh, discussions are kind of really at the forefront and becoming more more important and uh, yeah, it's, it's tough though, right? It's a, there's that constant balance. And like you said, especially being kind of on the road, which would be really into my next question. I mean, how do you deal with that? Being a dad um, and being a, a, you know, a traveling musician and, you know, for, for your, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, I think, like I said, I just, you know, I, I'm always, it's easier now with my kids being older, obviously, like I'm communicating with them, like on their own phones and I'm FaceTiming them on their own. So that's, a, that's, you know, an important component. Um, and when I get home, I, I, you know, I'm home, it's kind of a different schedule. So like when I'm gone, I'm gone, but when I get home, I'm, I'm here so I can take them to everything. And I'm, you know, involved with them every morning and I'm there right to the time they go to school. And, you know, where other, I, you know, I remember when my mom was a nurse growing up, like I never saw her in the morning, she was off to work at seven 30. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm with the kids, you know, as much as I'm gone, I'm with them way more than most parents, you know, picking them up from school and taking them to school and, 
taking them to their activities or, you know, being a volunteer during their, their school day. Like I can go be a volunteer while they do activities because my schedule allows for it. So, um, you know, but you know, it, it is tough. Like the reality is, is, um, it's a juggling act. Like, uh, I take very good care of myself on the road. That's very important. I, I eat healthy. Um, I'm, I've actually been sober for seven months now, but even on, before that on the road, I, you know, try to really just know that I'm not home. So when I'm on the road, I need to be taking care of myself and doing all the right things that when I get home, I'm ready to be the dad. I'm ready to be a, a good dad. Um, so, you know, those are things I learned. I think early days of the band, I probably drank a few too many beers and got home really tired and realized that like, whoa, man, now I'm that mad dad because <laughs> I'm overtired and I'm hungover. And um, so to balance those emotions, I've really had to like, you know, work hard at like recognizing that this is different and that the way to keep me consistent in that rad territory, I guess you could say is um, by, you know, taking care of myself, being active, being fit, uh, getting, you know, lots of rest, uh, maintaining sobriety as much as possible. All of those things just keep my mental health more stable and make me more uh, in tune with my kids and what's going on and scheduling and how I can help my wife while I'm gone and how I can be more active when I get home, all those things. Um, it, so it's, it's a lot of work. Like it's, it's like, I think I mentioned earlier, like you have to, if you, you know, you have to put in the work to make this sort of lifestyle work. It, it just doesn't happen. It's just not like, poof, you know, I'm a rad dad just because I'm a musician. It's yeah. like, no, it's, it takes a lot of hard work. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I've uh, also kind of dealt with sobriety since, since December it happened and I touched in and I agree with all those things. Like the, you know, I've always been one to go to the gym and, and I take my son yep. to the gym with me and I find value in that, but there was, yeah, I was, you know, I was like, no, I, like kind of around December, around my 45th birthday, I was like, I think I'm kind of done with this. So it's like a whole new kind of shift in it for the, all those reasons. I was, you know, hungover and, uh, and it's challenging too. Again, a lot of, like I said, a lot of my friends playing bands and you probably have this experiences too. Like, it's kind of like the party thing, right? You go and have a couple beers, watch a band. And then after the band's over, yep. you know, you, you have some more beers and you kind of maybe do that again. And so I'm not, I'm not a touring musician, so I couldn't imagine what the, you know, the pull is there is so, so hard. So, so congrats on that. I, I appreciate you kind of sharing that. And um, yeah, well, I just want yeah, to I got, say nice No, it's great. You said that. Cause yeah, I think I was October and it was just, yeah, for me, it was, yeah, it's just, it, it just doesn't work in my lifestyle anymore. And it affects things more than it, the, the, the negatives are outweighing the positives at this point. And uh, I feel the same, like I've been seven months in and I've never felt, I've, I feel amazing. And I just not sure I want to go back to that, that feeling. And I, and I do know wholeheartedly it's better for my family, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, all of those things, it's better. So uh, at the end of the day, it, sobriety is, 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 I think the right, I, you know, personally need to take at this point and, uh, and, uh, and really do encourage it for others as you're doing and stuff. I think there's like a, we're, we live in a culture where we're really normalizing, uh, particularly alcohol. Like, it's like, it's like, it's okay. It's like every weekend, it's like, it's the thing to do, but we're not sort of like recognizing how bad it is. And, uh, and I think, we need to start raising more awareness to to the negative impacts of it and, and how it can continue to affect your life, especially as you get older. It's it's one thing drinking in your 20s, but when you're drinking in your 40s and 50s, like I'm 44 now, so it's just not the same world and it's it impacts you greater and, and mental health is definitely more relevant for me in my 40s than it than it ever has been in my entire life. So it makes more sense to to as I manage my mental health to also manage sobriety and exercise and all those things that that help your mental health. Yeah, it's it's so cr crazy. Like the more yeah, it's not like I did like this like I'm gonna be so, like sober. Like it was just like ah, I just didn't have very much fun the last time. And I was like the last few times I was like drinking. I'm like I don't know. It wasn't 
as fun anymore. And it's like, I don't feel mm-hmm. good. I, if I get, you know, drunk for, then I'm like out for like two or three days. Cause I, my body just doesn't metabolize it. And it was just, wasn't fun. And so I've kind of just slowly like looked at, you know, just ver- consuming various articles and things about sobriety and stuff. And yeah, it's crazy how much we normalize it. Like I'd never really had yeah. that perspective before. And now that I see that, it's like, I get actually kind of angry in a sense, you know, the Oilers were, they have just outside uh, Roger's place, they had this, they called it the the moss pit where people can go and uh, watch yep. the, the games outside. And uh, they made the decision uh, in the second round to, because of, of, um, because of some issues that happened there to not allow uh, people that are under 18. And that that infuriated me in the fact yeah. that here's this public supposedly supposed to be a public space, and yeah. now you're eliminating families to going to this place because you're more concerned about selling beer to young yeah. kids, um, young uh, adults, and mm-hmm. it's just like ah, oh. and I know that happens and it exists, but it just yeah, it kind of pisses me off, and maybe I'm just that old man shaking my stick. Arr. Uh, but yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, and you know, from those conversations too, like I've had conversations with my friends, and they've texted me after, like, "Hey, like, oh, you stopped drinking? Like, when did you do this? Why did you?" And then, and we've had those conversations. Oh, thanks. I had one from a, a colleague of mine. Hey, thanks for that. Like, you're, you're, you've inspired me to try to try to do it too. And and uh, yeah, it's kind of this this cascading effect. And the struggle for me was like, can I go out and have a with my friends who drink and not have one and mm-hmm. the the savior for me is near beers i've been discovering different near beers and i love them i'm like <laughs> a strong proponent of we should have a rad dad near beer there we go it's literally it's the funniest you said that because i think i got i didn't have any near beers for the first six about six months and uh, then i kind of like start i tried them same thing and like the last like six weeks i guess or whatever i um you know i was just in atlanta recording a record with strombellas for two weeks and the near beer market in the states is amazing like they got all these ipas and um they all taste great like and it's it's really helped me get over i think what will be more help me more long term in my sobriety is because a lot of times i I like the taste of beer and i just want to go out and have one or two but I don't really like the feeling that comes with it, you know, and and it's hard, like, you know, you have one or two, it feels good, then, you know, three, four, five, whereas like, you know, I have one or two near beers, and it's, it's done the job for me, it's perfect, and you don't feel sort of awkward, it looks like you're having a beer out with friends, and um, yeah, but I, I wholeheartedly agree, like, the near beer market has sort of blown up, you can get it everywhere now, it's such a different world, and um and I'm really thinking it's just really awesome because I've embraced it as well as much as you have. It's been super Me fun. Too. To I, I love it. Them. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, like even like jam, for example, you know, we, we, the dad religion thing we do try to jam once a week. It's more just, you know, get together to have some fun and they all yeah. still continue. Everyone, so whose turn is it to bring the beer? Well, like, I'm kind of tapped out of that, but then my friend who, whose space we use, he has a recording studio in his basement and, and that's where we jam as well. And there's a, a beer fridge. And the last time we went to jam, he's like, oh, hey, I bought you a bunch of near beers. And so I was like, okay, this is, I can do this. I can yeah. continue yeah. to have fun with my friends without, without having that feeling of, of uh, you know, the alcohol piece for sure. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's awesome. It's super helpful. Um, you kind of mentioned your parents a little bit when you were talking about like the fear stuff. Can, would you be comfortable sharing the relationship with your dad? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, my dad is, he is definitely, I got more my communication and, and sort of, um, emotional side from my mom, for sure. Um, my dad's pretty quiet, uh, doesn't show a lot of emotion, but he's a guy that's always been there. Like, you know, I used to play a lot of golf, you know, when I was a kid and if I was walking up the ninth hole, like playing a tournament, my dad was waiting, you know, watching or, you know, I, you know, I, I was very much a, a hockey player growing up, I played a ton of hockey, I actually then turned into refereeing. When I go into university, I refereed it to a very high level, became like a level four, was doing like, I lined uh, in the OHA, which is like junior hockey and did championships and made it very far. And, and my dad would 
same thing. I'd never know he was going to be there, but he would just always know my schedule. And he would all, you know, I'd look in the corner and be like, oh, there's my dad. He's watching me, nice. you know, and he might be gone before the game's over. I would, he wouldn't even stay and say hi to me, but he was just always there. You know, he was just always present and always like quietly watching what I was doing and where I was going. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of what I learned about, you know, sort of just being there for my kids and just sticking with it and, and always showing up and just doing that alone. Like you don't have to go over the top. You don't have to, you know, buy them all the presents and get them all the extra stuff. Just showing up means the world. You know, and I think I learned that most from my dad is that he just always was there, always showed up, always wanting to be there. And um, yeah, it was just like, it, you know, really nice memories of, of all that. Um, so I definitely, you know, I think for me as a dad, try to take the combination of my mom, the, like you said, you have trouble communicating with my mom. There was no way I, I could have trouble with her. She, she just <laughs> would wait until I spoke, you know, she would just make me talk. And, uh, and I really value that because I think it's something that I, you know, I, I can't leave something, uh, stewing you know i can't leave like a you know if we're arguing with my wife or my children like i got to deal with it we got to talk it out we got to figure it out uh, where my dad would you know he wouldn't talk to me for like four days five days if we were that so i think that was you know definitely something i learned that i didn't like from my dad was that he would just shut down and i wouldn't know if i i was you know we were on good terms again like are we okay are we not okay like i didn't really like that side of it i like to know where i stood and so i think you know my dad gave me taught me that you know i want to teach my kids i don't want them wondering whether i'm mad or what's going wrong with me i want to talk to them and figure it out and let them know um but that major thing was you know just always being there always showing up knowing what my kids are doing being active being engaged my dad was always there um always there to support anything I and anything I wanted to try like he was right there being like as long as I put the effort in as long as I worked hard my dad would support it you know if I if I was slacking off if he if I wanted to go play hockey and I didn't show up to practice and work hard he would let me know about it and he wouldn't want to support it but if I was if I showed up and I worked hard and I did my job and and I put the effort in then wouldn't matter what I wanted to do, he would be there to support me. I just had to put the effort in. So I think that that was a major lesson for my dad. Nice. I, I tried to yesterday we were at baseball, the same sort of thing. You know, they were doing warm-up. My son was kind of goofing around with his friend. And that kind of drives me a bit nuts and I'm like, hey, slow. Yep. Like, because you know, the same thing. I like I'll support you with anything, but again, like let's put some effort in and have some, you know, almost like self-respect in a sense that you know, like make it worth everyone's time. And I want you to learn some skills and not, you know, I want you to have fun with your friends for sure. But uh, also at the yeah. same time, let's, let's, let's do it. So well, I and you have to remember like, time. yeah. And you have to remember like, especially at those younger things, like people are volunteering their time to be there to help you, right? Like coaches and all of these things that you have to realize that like, they're on they're not like making any money being here like taking their their nights away from their kids to show you how to do the thing that you want to do so it's kind of a you know it's like teaching them that respect piece like you know they're here doing that for you the the least you could do for them is listen you know and put the effort in because you know that's the sacrifice they're making you have to make that same sacrifice and again you we all are kids and silly and realize that's part of it but again i think that's being a good dad, you know, you have to draw the line in the sand sometimes and say like, Hey, like, you know, you got to respect the people and what they're doing and the time they're giving you and, and, and try to tell them that in a, like a respectful way that they learn from it. And, and, you know, it's something like I said, it's hard work. You kind of have to keep at it. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the qualities I got from my parents is because they just, they never gave up. They kept telling me and and still to this day <laughs> you know so it, i don't think it ends right yeah definitely not do, do you see your dad ever kind of popping up at some of your shows there kind of in the corner you you saw that the as you're reffing and playing hockey but like what what about the music piece 
Yeah, uh, definitely my dad's more of a sports guy. Like, he loves the sports. So the music part, he, you know, has, has been there and supportive, and, and he's always asking questions what I'm doing. But I think with the late-night shows, as he's gotten older, it's not really the the industry. But but we played a show last year in Peterborough, which was like a, you know, a, it was like a show in the park. And I think, like, we had one of the biggest turnouts, which is kind of a hometown show for us. I think there was like 10, 11,000 people oh, that wow, came right out. On. The free show in the park and and my dad came to that one i didn't even again didn't know he showed up didn't know he was there he left beforehand but sent me a text after just being like man you guys are really good <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know that those little you know that just puts a smile on my face with my dad because it's just like classic character of of my dad that you know he he is always there and always supportive and and will come to the things he can but uh um yeah music's definitely the sports though like it's funny my my sister's son is really good in hockey and he's in triple a and his draft year's coming up and my dad's sort of doing the same thing with him like my dad's real passion is, is hockey <laughs> yeah just loves like knows all the game referees that are reffing the game and all the stats and the players so that's that's really where you know uh, so we still have great conversations about hockey and go watch hockey. You know, we'll go watch hockey games together in town, like our junior team. And I know he'll be in, in excited for my son, which I, you know, I hope he plays some hockey. You know, I still play, like I played in the Juno cup with the, with the musicians. Yeah. That um, was just a year, right? Just at the, the I didn't play this year, football. unfortunately, okay. but I played three or four years in the past. And uh, I, you know, I played hockey my whole life. Um, so hope to have my kid in in hockey. I I'm a little scared of what you're saying because I lived and breathed hockey. Like every weekend, I played summer hockey, I played AAA. Like that's all I did. Um, that's a little scary. I don't even know how my parents did it. To be honest, I'm like, <laughs> how did you like? How did you even do it? Like I it was like every weekend, like couple nights a week. So. Uh, I definitely want to introduce my son, but I'm a little worried about what's going to come with that introduction. And the cost—that's what I'm kind of seeing right now. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, this camp's going to cost so much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of make yeah. it work, but you also see—you mentioned that like the community piece. There's there is a community there too, and I've seen that being a coach and stuff is you know like you know Team Snap, which is kind of like the the app we use to communicate with teams and. Like, hey, so and so yep. can't make, you know, I can't drive them. Someone pick them up. And there's always like three or four parents. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So, you know, it's yeah, as as you know, you, you hear some sort of stories about the negative of hockey, you know, of hockey Canada and you know the and all that kind of stuff. At the grassroots level, it's it's not like that. It's all absolutely all about fun and building community. And I, I find that um you know, rewarding, but yeah, some days I just don't want to be at the rink, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a so, nice summer day. is. <laughs> yeah. This past season, I was like, no, I'm just going to be the assistant coach. And you, know, you can't have some outset out of that. Take that. Who's your team? Who's your, who's your NHL team? Your fans? Don't well, know? I kind of love all the, every Canadian team. Like if they're doing well, I'll jump on the bandwagon. Um, you know, obviously, have soft spot for the Leafs. Like I like, you know, been grew up in this area and and know them. But uh, um, you know, the Oilers, obviously, McDavid and and everything that they're doing is pretty cool. So I, you know, to be honest, it's one of those things that like I don't as much as I love hockey and and was in it. I don't watch a lot of it. Um, I'm not super engaged in it. I love to play it still. I play Tuesday mornings with all of the nine one one like the police and ambulance in my community. I go out at ten a.m. and bang the puck around and um, get a good sweat on and, and still love the game, but not to that level where I'm like following teams and I'm wearing jerseys. I've never kind of been that hardcore fan, even with music. Like I, I have my favorite bands, but I've, but it's, I've never got to that. Like really like, um, I don't want to say it's like obsessive, but it can, on some level people like have all the memorabilia and all the things. And I think that's amazing. I love it. If you're, that's you, but that's never, just never been me. Like I just always, um, I love things and I love the sports and I love music and I love these things, but it's, but I also like love so many other things. Like yeah. I love playing tennis. I play squash. I'm a good at golf, you know, like I love hip hop, but I also love folk. I also love a good jazz record, you know, so 
it's like I just love to dabble so much that you know it's like that's my obsession. My obsession is like liking a whole bunch of things and getting good and appreciating tons of different things. Like I, I'm pretty good at photography because I like taking pictures. So I've learned that, you know, and, and even in this project at close kicks, like I'm getting good at making videos now. Like I, you know, I have to do a lot of my own videos and socials and it's like, man, I'm not, I'm getting pretty good at making videos on final cut. Like, so yeah, that, that's my obsession. Yeah. The, what, how many things can I figure out? There you go. I love that. <laughs> kind of like jack of all trades, master of none, or or more of a renaissance man. <laughs> I would say, yeah, maybe renaissance. Like I, I get good at it, right? I, like I, in the early days of before I got into music, I I actually was in golf. I was a turf manager. I went to school at the University of Guelph, and I worked on the maintenance side of of golf courses, and I did that for like seventeen years. Um, I had my own consulting business in the early stages of the Strombella's world where I, you know, got off the golf course and then sort of consulted with different golf courses around the region because it gave me the flexibility to be in the band because it was my own business. Um, but I got really, you know, I was working with machines and tinkering with, you know, lawnmowers and uh, blowers and line trimmers and, you know, digging irrigation, fixing irrigation, like 12 inch pipe and all this crazy stuff that I was doing. So, um, you know, as an arborist too, I was like taught people how to run a chainsaw at one point. Um, I taught at Seneca college as a chainsaw instructor. Oh, wow. I, like I have all these crazy <laughs> things that I've done. Um, so yeah, I think like, I'm pretty like this morning I was fixing all of our bikes. They all needed maintenance. So I like, you know, fixing all the gears and the brakes and tuned it all up and watching TikTok videos. Cause I kind of forget, but then I remember and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I'm like, like, again, that's what I take pride in. Like I, I like, like I make my own bread, I make my own pizza dough, like, and I like getting good at it. And I've, and I do have a lot of friends that. I think when we talk a community, like I, that's the people and the friends that I've been able to sort of like have in my adult life are, are people like that too. They're just dads and, and partners and friends that like really take pride in, in, in like figuring stuff out and doing a good job and, and exploring the different worlds on how to do it and, and sort of always wanting to learn uh, and never give up on that idea of learning. And um and I, that's kind of what it always it's like I have a, a group of friends that like it's like we're always inspiring each other. And it's like, what did you figure out? You know, what are you doing now? And uh, and it's and then, you know, you you know, challenging yourself to sort of do that same thing or, or push yourself, push your boundaries. That's right. I like that. You know, it's really you know build build each other up for sure. And, and I feel that that's similar with my friends, you know, that are musicians. And and I was like, yeah, I want to start a band. Wow, but you're 40. Yeah you're 42. It's like, ah, like, you know, so it, those are, that's the talk that kind of goes in your head. And then I just literally, literally asked my, my friends, Hey, do you guys want to do this show? It's like, do some bad religion covers and see where it goes. And we all just, they all played in bands and they're like, yeah, that sounds fun. And like, again, continue to this day, we played, you know, uh, 10 shows or so, and we've been going for three yeah. years and it's, it's, we have finally, you know, it's nothing serious and we're not doing originals, but we're all just, you know, doing fun having fun it's yeah. just a creative outlet for me and something that i've always wanted to do and then same thing with the rad dads kind of thing like the it's it started just being inspired by a guy in vancouver really you know i reached out i was like hey what cool. do you guys do and he's like oh you should do one in edmonton and just kind of grew from there and you know same thing with the podcast i started it just on my phone like with this weird app and then then my my <laughs> my co-host brett he kind of came on board he's like i'd like to be involved and and, nice. and he kind of took it to a new level doing youtube stuff and like this in, in the pandemic you know and, and the you know the advent of you know zoom and stuff allowed us to have these sorts of conversations and just easier but you can now have this video that you can kind of play with and do and you talk about editing stuff it's like yeah i was learning on GarageBand how to edit you know yeah. videos and uh and, and edit <laughs> songs so i appreciate that that's, that's rad that and that's kind of why you're here you know it's kind of that that inspiring piece Let's yeah. transition. Let's say, you know, got basically two questions left. One, one about your kind of kind of current projects. You know, here's a chance to kind of, you know, promote yourself and tell tell us what you're doing and what are happening in your world. You talked about your new, uh, your new EP. 
Uh, you have your, yep. your solo project, Close Kicks, and then obviously the Strumbella stuff, Share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Close Kicks was born on the idea of like collaboration. I Like I said, I started writing early on and I just had like these magical moments of writing a song with someone like you'd never met someone and then you go into a room and you, you know, kind of bounce ideas off each other. And four or five hours later, you have this like piece of art that never existed beforehand. And it's like super, super, super cool. And you end up having this bond with this person that seems to just never go away. Like once you write a song with someone, you're just like, you're connected in this like ether. And it's just like, you could see them 10 years later and you're just like, you know, and you could write another song with them, but it's just this really cool place um to live and i think close kicks was really born from that because you know essentially close kicks is like a good pair of sneakers you know it's that sort of good a good collaboration um is like a good pair of sneakers it just feels so good and it's just something you want to do or wear all the time so it really you know from all of that writing i just got this huge catalog of songs that i just began to kind of like fall in love with them and and but then also learned by writing all these songs was like well i can write all these songs but like who's going to produce them and put them out or who's going to mix them like i normally have a band in the strombellas and we all do our parts and but like with this it was like you know no one else was going to do it so i just you know i would pitch some of the songs to like my publisher um and see if we i could get them in a commercial or something and nothing was happening and and eventually it just kind of became like, man, I, I would like to put some of these out. Like maybe I should just sort of take the leap and learn, you know, I know how to play bass and guitar and I can figure out, you know, more of, I started learning more as with the Strombellas. I was like, you know, recording a record and like watching the producer and the engineer and like how they use pro tools and how they record guitar and how they do this. So I just started like, he started incorporating all of those little things and, and eventually just you know, got the idea of like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta do this on my own. I gotta just, I wrote these songs. I'm just going to start producing them and performing on them and, and find ways to get them out. And, and, um, and, and really that's all I've done since 2021. I just, I've taken the, these songs that uh, I've written with other people and, and I started producing them and putting music behind them. And, and, uh, and then I would get them mixed by someone else, or sometimes I I would mix them or sometimes I've collaborated. There's a number of songs. Like I have a hip hop song out with a friend of mine in town, uh, Lewis or Luwap is his artist name and, uh, you know, folk songs and, and just different things to just, you know, Hey, this is me. This is my, what I'm trying to do. And these are songs that I've written with people. These are people in my community. Uh, I, I can introduce, you know, I try to introduce those artists on my socials of who they are and other songs they've written and what they've done in the past. And, um, and I think all of that brought me to this EP where it was like, okay, I've written with so many people. I've produced these songs. I feel ready to do this on my own. Like I'm, I can write my own songs now. I can do this wholeheartedly by myself and I can write the lyrics and I can tell my stories. Like these are going to be like my stories specifically and, and what I go through in life or how I manage things in my life. And so that's kind of what I did. So I just, you know, I kind of had sat down and, and you know, for a number of months, just went through voice memos on my phone where I kind of write melodies and piece songs together and started like putting ideas together about what I wanted to talk about and just, you know, started building the demos. And um, and then luckily, which I encourage, I, I was I was able to apply for uh, a grant. There's lots of grants in Ontario, the Ontario Arts Council grant, and they gave me a recording grant to hire some local musicians so basically what i did was i produced all the songs and performed most of the parts and then i went into a local studio in peterborough and hired some local players and basically said hey here's what i have can you put your color and your flair on these ideas and make it kind of in line with what i've done but make it your own you know and add fills and 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 that's you know what they did and it was like a glorious feeling that you were like all of a sudden like these like you know really rough ideas started to to have take shape and uh and then i finalized the project by mixing it myself like i i've been learning mixing and, and took the time to mix it and 
Um, so, you know, something that, you know, uh, I've just been really, really proud of um, in doing. And it was sort of like I was doing it. Unfortunately, my, mo my mother passed away about a month ago. Um, and during that whole time, she was sick for about a year. It was about a year ago we found out she had stage four melanoma. Um, I started like that's when I really started working on the project. And my mom was like always that person that was like you can do this like you have a great voice like just put it out like just do it like just keep going you know so uh I was fortunate enough before she passed to show her the EP like I was like here I did it like I uh I got it done and um it was like yeah just like a, a sort of a magical moment of like going through that sobriety to like writing everything on my own to like you know, and then in the end, being able to show my mom what I did and, and her being, you know, obviously super proud and um, it was just like, yeah, so it's sort of like, you know, I kind of maybe tailed off there a little bit with with the moment, but it was like that this EP means the kind of the world to me because it was like me kind of taking a lot of risks and a lot of like going outside of my comfort zone and doing, you know, following my heart and feeling what was right and um and and having no one other than really me to sort of guide the way and and follow my heart on what felt good to me and uh that's really like you know really scary thing as an artist but it's also like very liberating when you finally get it done and realize that like you can do it and that you can do something you're proud of and um and no matter what anyone thinks, it's something that you believe in it. It's something that you believe in and something that you're really proud of. So, um, yeah, as a journey, as an artist, this was like a huge, huge step for me. Oh, that's an Amber alert, strangely <laughs> enough, we're talking about dads here. Um, but yeah, so that that's, uh, yeah, sort of, I, I know I sort of spun oh. off on that. But that's, that's essentially what Close Kicks is. It's you know, doing things where I'm connecting with my community and creating art and pushing myself and pushing the boundaries of what I can do and, um, and, uh, and just being proud of that I can do that at 44 years old. And I think we're really in a really lucky time as far as like DSPs, like Spotify, that you can put out music the way we can. And I'm really trying to take advantage of that. Like 20 years ago, you couldn't do this, you know? And I think... I see the opportunity that I can do this now and I have this opportunity. So I'm going to really try to, you know, show off the people that have helped me and show who they are and also, you know, try to push myself to do, to do great things. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. It's a uh, you know, story about your mom and, and what a special thing that you were able to kind of show that before her passing. And Yeah. Yeah. It was really uh yeah, really meaningful and, and why I want to sort of take, you know, the opportunity to share as much as I can about this EP because she was the one that, you know, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, my mom was just like, I wouldn't have half the confidence without her. And uh, every time I doubted myself, she was always like, don't, no, don't do it. You got it. You can do this, you know, and even I, as much as at the time thought it was so annoying. <laughs> The, um, you know, shout outs to the moms, right? Mom, Mother's Day was just the other day, and definitely kind of, yeah, yeah. Moms are very important. They are. Um, yeah, I, you know, I appreciate that DIY kind of ethic you have. You know, ethos you have. It's really to me, like you know, I'm really immersed in like the punk rock stuff, and you know, that's my. If we were to talk about obsessions, <laughs> SNFU is my my band, obsessive band. But you know, I I nice. love a lot of punk stuff, and and. Uh, I guess if I learned anything from punk rock, it was like kind of that DIY kind of doing it yourself. And that's what we do with the rad dads. And I was like, I just do things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And it, sometimes. it seems like you have that sort of thing. So yeah, you know, appreciate you being here to kind of share that. And, you know, we, um, so like, do you have any plans on touring it or anything? Like being kind of like a solo thing that always comes, becomes a challenge, right? You kind of mentioned that there's collaborative type stuff. So that's yeah challenging to bring people out obviously but then you had to hire it kind of this band and like what is what does it look like is it something you're just kind of putting out there and maybe not doing live or? it's 
for me live it's 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 locally like what i've done in the way that you've done like um uh i do a lot of things locally to give back to charity so i'll perform at different things that i can donate my time and money to um locally at the boys and girls club or um you know community cares um just anyone you know at schools like I, I went to a high school last year and they were performing one of our strombella songs and was able to like you know just spend the whole morning like going over music and different things so I, you know I'm also involved like on the programming committee at my local theater so I helped try to schedule bands and um try to have my insight on those levels um and, and my a couple of my friends we started it's cool that you say like you're doing these concerts we started what we call and I loved it in the Strombellas we always played these home concerts when we were touring Edmonton we played them like we'd be have a day off of a show and someone would say hey why don't you come play our house and we did and we'd get a fresh cooked meal and you know we you know obviously some drinks and a bed to stay in and it was all these and we just met all these amazing people and they were just like blown away that the Strombellas would come into their living room and play as loud as possible and smash up you know like <laughs> I don't even know how like but their kids were there and everyone was there it was just like so many beautiful experiences that um I wanted to bring that to my community so we started like what we call whole, their homemade concerts and we've done two of them so far and we just have you know really try to support local artists and i've performed at them and my buddy lewis luop is he's a just this incredible hip-hop artist in our community from el salvador that is like it just it's unbelievable that this talent is in this little town i live in called Lindsay, and he performs all the time um so yeah like those are the ways that i'm trying for close kicks is to just kind of engage in that community and collaboration in my community because the problem with the Strombellas is like, that's kind of my job and my priority. So it's really hard for me to be like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go play this show on this day for close kicks. And it's like, well, oh, a Strombellas gig at, you know, uh, Vancouver Folk Fest came in, you know, that's going to pay your salary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can't really be like, oh, sorry, uh, Strombellas, I can't play. I got a free show. I got to play for close kicks here down the road. So uh, you know, it's really hard for like, so I, I don't, and I don't want to like be in a position where I'm like promising, oh yeah, I'll show up and play here. And then I have to cancel last minute because my job it has to take priority. And, um, so it's, just, it, so that's where I'm trying to like fit it into these little home concerts and, um, just little things I can do in the community. Anytime, like anyone asked me to come out and speak or play a couple songs locally, I'll, I'm there. If it's like any time that I can support the arts in my community, I'm there. Um, so that's kind of where I'm trying to use close kicks in that realm, uh, in that space, uh, opposed to like out there trying to tour it and find a band and in and, and that world. I want to kind of to live online and be fun with the socials and do what I can in my community with it and really engage it in my community, but also know that, you know, the Strombellas is what's going to, you know, take me to the different parts of of this country and other countries and and uh and just kind of you know that that's the world that has to sit in at this point that's sweet i like that homemade concerts my, my friend at his, in his old house would would host similar sort of things like you know the band was in town you kind of reach out to them he, he called this his basement the fart ranch and so he would <laughs> They would do those, you know, uh, Steve Albini actually mixed one of his recorded part of his record for one of his bands. And he had them wow. stay at his house and I think did a little basement show sort of thing. And and what he does nice. is he he, he gets uh, like a local artist to do up like a limited edition poster, like gig poster yep. kind of thing. So so each person that comes, so he charges whatever, you know, there's a, a charge to get into it. But it's uh, you get a poster. It's like silkscreen kind of numbered poster. He he brings in a, a keg of beer from a, like a local brewery. So it's like all you can kind of drink and and yep. again not to make money or anything, just to cover costs. And then the, you get a sweet little intimate show in his basement, uh, uh, which he like I said t entitled the Fart Ranch. And and so we've been kind of talking <laughs> about trying to bring those back. Uh, that that this COVID thing is. You know, somewhat have subsided and, and you know allows travel again yeah. for sure all right yeah, thanks for it's sharing magical yeah it's yeah Keep it up. if you Keep can it up. do that locally do it it's they're <laughs> magical moments you know? yeah yeah 
last question. Any any words of wisdom to to the rad dads out there listening? Any uh, new new dads, upcoming dads? <laughs> Uh, I think uh, like what I mentioned earlier is just, you know, I think follow your heart, do what you think's right. And, you know, um, you know, I think it's fun to, to, to push the boundaries and to challenge yourself and to find new things. And I think your kids see that. I think don't just because you, like we said, you become a dad that all of a sudden, you know, life needs to end. I think you inspire your children by following your goals and your dreams. And, um, but you know, you also, the, the challenge in doing that is finding the balance. And, um, and that's the real challenge. If you want to pursue your own goals, you know, you, sometimes you got to stop and step back and realize, you know, you do have a family and, and, and you gotta, you know, you can't push as far maybe as you want to it when you were single, you know, and go aimlessly, you know, you're always kind of having to like pull back a little bit and check in and make sure things are going okay. And you're at things and you're engaged as a father or a rad dad. And that, um, you know, being a rad dad also is, uh, you know, fully supported by having a rad mom. You know, I have a very awesome partner, um, where we both encourage ourselves to, to follow our goals. And we both, you know, have to pull back and support and go move back and forth. And I couldn't be a rad dad without a rad mom. Um, they're a very important piece to being a rad dad. So, um, yeah, work with your, your wife and your partner and push the boundaries. Um, but, but know when to, to, to pull back and, and be that rad dad again. Awesome. Well, end it there. Thank you so much. All right. That was Daryl James on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Daryl, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dad's content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show or on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok at at rad dad show. And you can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us a lot. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.